I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches Panda Surfboards is providing a shiitake for you, one lucky listener, on September 1st. Congrats, by the way, to Eric Holland of San Francisco, California, for winning John John Florence's Paisel Shadow that we gave away last week. And um, so you might be asking, what is a panda shiitake? Well, it's the perfect board for the everyman, perfect for the lifelong intermediate. But I'll let shaper Blake Peters tell you all about it. The aim of this board was to make a mid-length shape board or a, a long fish, but keep a, keep the performance built into the board. I don't want this thing to just be straight down the line and not be able to turn. We've got a uh, beak nose up front, blending into a down rail. Having that low rail really allows me to engage into turns and push it hard without being stuck and having too much fun. We have a slight roll V through the entry because of the uh, flat nose rocker. You wanna keep this entry rolled, helps cut through the chop and stop any catching. We blend that into single concave under the chest, blending into a double concave, starting from about third up the board into a concave V running out the tail. Um, This fin setup really uh, is the forgotten setup. It's a twin fin with two canard fins on the side. These fins are splayed out at a, a more aggressive angle to your main twins. They help initiate your turn. They break the water before it hits the main fin and basically what it does is creates a hell of a lot more speed and the way that it turns it almost pivots tighter and makes 
say like a, a top turn, makes it more effortless and easy. Everyone that's surfed this so far has been blown away by the amount of performance it has. I've also just made one for my team rider, Robbie Rickard, for a trip to the Mentorwise. He surfed exact same fin setup as this, the, the Twinser. Surfed it in some pumping conditions as well. And then I've surfed it in anything from waist high Sano. And then I've surfed it in some really good hollow beach break conditions. It just allows that early entry. You can surf it in the hollow stuff, just get behind the section and backdoor it and the things, it's like cheating. It's a super fun board. This is gonna be a model that's gonna stick around for a long time. The mid-length was so 2021. This is shorter, but it retains a lot of that same forgiveness that we all grew to love in our mid-lengths. So you can get one at pandasurfboards.com or win it here for free on Surf Splendor by supporting our work for $5 a month. We are listener supported. It keeps us independent and free to do what we want, free to do what you want. And as a thank you for your support, we do these giveaways. SurfSplendorPodcast.com. Click over to support the show. It'll only take you a minute to set up. And in fact, Blake Peters from Panda Surfboards has been a supporter for years now. So it's really high time that we shine this light on him and his incredible work. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, supporters. We will pick one winner at random, as we always do, on the first of the month. So get your support set up anytime before September 1st, Pacific Standard Time, and you will be included to win this. Best of luck to all. Sunbum.com. I have been telling you about Sunbum recently, but let's do a little bit of a deeper dive. I use a few different applications of their products, a spray version for my kid, I use a roll-on applicator for my limbs, a face stick and face lotion, but all of those are the mineral versions. So mineral sunscreen is what I was recommended to use by my dermatologist and by that Scripps dermatologist that we interviewed here years ago. I think it was four years ago, 2018. Um, so that's what he recommended using, but check this out. Beyond Sunblock, Sunbum also has skincare products. The Mineral Moisturizer has an SPF 30 protection in it. It is zinc-based, but it's made with antioxidant-rich banana, wild rosella, and niacinamide. So it adds hydration while providing that protective base layer. That is the moisturizer. They also have a 30 SPF face lotion. It's non-tinted, fragrance-free, it's a lightweight primer, it's not shiny, leaves a matte finish, it's hypoallergenic, gluten-free, vegan. So for your basic skincare, these products still incorporate the sun protection, but it's safe, it's all mineral-based, so you can trust the bum. That is why we love Sunbum. Buy it from your local surf shop. They are available in Target, CVS, elsewhere, or you could stock up on sunbum.com. Just use our promo code SURFSPLENDOR, all one word. You'll save 15% on a one-time purchase. The offer is valid through the end of 2022, but stock up now. It's good for your skin, it's safe for the environment, and you can trust the bum at sunbum.com. And guess what? Roger Hines just dropped off a new shipment of boards at realwatersports.com. Roger helped me modify a board design that I loved, 
And that model became a board model for Roger, and it's called the Time Machine. And after meeting real water sports founder Trip Foreman at the boardroom show last year, Trip ordered some of those time machines, real fancy versions, custom resin work, cloth inlays, etc. And uh, those came and went. But Roger just dropped off a new small batch of boards. And among them are these Renaissance model longboards. They revisit the classic longboard plan shape of the 60s, but with an update to the rocker, rail, and foil. And then the same kind of uh, 60s aesthetic of multiple stringer glue-ups, pigment-colored gloss coats and polish. They are absolutely stunning surfboards, but they're limited. I think they only got four of them or so, and then a couple of other board models as well. So go and salivate over on realwatersports.com, and while you're there, enter that surfboard giveaway and potentially win a surfboard. You can select one of Roger's boards, or any board among their 1500 board inventory. Quite a giveaway that they're doing. Good luck with that. It's all happening on realwatersports.com. Enjoy. My whole life has revolved around the ocean. I grew up on the coast. My mom spent so much of her time helping me understand the ocean from a young age. It's good enough. Hello. My dad also passed a lot of knowledge on to me as a young kid. He basically has salt running through his veins. He is a sailor and spent his whole life on the ocean. Beautiful. Lori Towner is a product of, a victim of, and again beneficiary of the boom and crash of the surf industry. Coming out of robust growth in the 90s and early 2000s, the big five surf brands had no limit to their athlete roster. A teenaged Lori Towner's immense talent was identified and sponsors gifted him the opportunity to travel the world with professional surf crews and make a living off of simply surfing. And this was a common practice up until about 10 years ago. The surfers would operate as functional models with the brand's logo displayed on the tip of their board, advertising products and logos with every surf magazine image and video part. And it turned out to only be a temporarily successful marketing strategy. It was only until the surfboard industry and the world economy largely crashed around 2008. Even some of the biggest surfboard brands filed bankruptcy entire athlete rosters and marketing budgets were cut and i know that some of those pro surfers felt victimized by it some even made video parts directly to shame their previous employer titled with an insult showing them ripping off their brand's stickers and giving them the middle finger but when you hear Lori talk about that time as you will today it seems like he always knew and felt sincerely that it was a gift to be able to spend even one day being paid to surf Furthermore, he used that gift of world travel to improve his surfing and enrich his talent. And in that brief amount of time, he was able to establish the respect of the entire surf world as a hard charger. He was invited to surf in the Pipe Masters, and all of these experiences would serve him well and inform the rest of his life back home. That whirlwind nature of life as a traveling pro surfer confirmed for Lori his desire to be close to home, but he also wanted to share the joys of exploration with his family. So a seed of an idea was planted, 
and it would actually take years to germinate. Years spent working a trade away from the water, but developing an even deeper appreciation for time spent in the ocean. So it's a relatable dream, spending extended time on the road with family, exploring the great outdoors, but how do you pause life in order to pull that off? Well, after years of dreaming, COVID put the world on pause and circumstances aligned and Lori was actually able to set out on the great Australian road trip with his family for eight months in search of surfing and fish, but really just taking advantage of the rare opportunity to spend extended time learning with, passing knowledge to, and sharing new experiences with his children. So Lori invited a friend and filmmaker, Nathan Henshaw, along with his partner, to tag along, traveling in a separate vehicle, but to document the entire experience. And all of that footage has become a new film called Slow Lane. It's available on YouTube. You can watch it right now or after this podcast. I'll actually link to it in today's show notes. The film is produced by Neat Essentials, whose work you probably associate with Torn Martin surfing. Um, This film, Slow Lane, is equally as well made as those Torn films. It's equally as thoughtfully made. It taps into similar themes of exploration and surf travel, but is really centered around family. So... Lori will explain it much better than I can. So without further ado, my name is David Scales for Surf Splendor, and here is my conversation with Lori Towner. This conversation, by the way, was postponed for a couple of weeks in a row because Lori had recently suffered a concussion. So that's where our conversation begins today. Enjoy. How are you? How's recovery going? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, um, I'm still just a little bit little bit off i think but i'm i'm recovering well i think it's uh yeah it's almost coming up to three weeks but i'm definitely still a little bit um little bit cloudy for sure is uh was it a surfing injury no it wasn't it was a bloody skateboarding injury and i don't even really i don't even really skate i just uh i took always take my little fella and uh daughter and they love love their skating so um yeah it was early in the morning and basically just went down on some some dew and it was all slippery and yeah cracked the back of my head <laughs> did you have a helmet on no nah. <laughs> brutal this is exactly why i don't skateboard yeah and that's that's why i uh i quit again <laughs> good good how how old are you i'm 35 okay yeah, yeah i've always been afraid when i was young everybody skated and surfed and I really never got comfortable skateboarding just because it's so unforgiving. And as an adult male now, I don't understand how people still do it because you're just so much more fragile. Yeah, that's it. I've, I'm only, I only jumped on it because yeah, like I said, my kids are so into it. And, um, you know, I, I, as soon as surfing got serious for me, I gave up the skateboard and that was probably at like 15. So yeah I, yeah, I haven't really legitimately skated st- since then. <laughs> um, have you sustained any concussions prior ever in surfing or anything? Um, I haven't. Um, I've, I've probably been knocked out four or five times now, but um, never with the the concussion of this one. So um, the the only other one that was close was actually when I was learning to snowboard the first time I went snowboarding and. I just caught my heel edge on the ice down the bottom going super slow, just yeah, obviously learning and um, same thing, cracked the back of my head, but was sort of 
buckled for that afternoon and was pretty well fine the next day where this one's a bit more um yeah just a i still feel a little bit foggy so if, if i say anything weird in this uh interview it's uh, we can blame it on that <laughs> we can we can edit it out after the fact um it's scary though it's scary though right i mean the repercussions of something as simple as banging your head yeah well like i i guess um i haven't you know still i'm just sort of still in that recovery thing but if i stay like i am right now i'll probably go and get a bit more help and see what's going on but i am definitely healing and i think i'll make 100 percent recovery it's just it's um yeah that that first week was a little bit intense of like um just the, the gnarly headache and yeah just sort of a bit forgetful and um yeah definitely a concussion for sure that, that first week was pretty pretty um intense but it's sort of since then it's, it's definitely come come a long way so i should be good. fine good are you doing anything to treat it um basically just trying not to use my brain too much this past couple of weeks this is the this is the first first proper um thing i've done is is this is so uh, yeah um i haven't really used my my mind too much and i've taken time off work and i've just been laying low really i've, I've been for one surf when it was nice and groomed and and perfect just to see how how it was and there's actually been a few waves a couple of waves since then and i i just left it be so um okay. i think i'm at a stage i'm fine to surf and start pushing it a little bit for sure did the experience scare your kids away from skateboarding at all <laughs> not at all um funny enough i feel like i remember being laid out on the ground and and i think i was me being stubborn me tried to get up and some guys like no sit sit back down and i just fell back over <laughs> anyway while i was sitting there my, my my wife went to get the kids out of the bowl and say they can't let's go like we gotta gotta get going and um my boy dropped in and and he where i was come over and, and hit the same bit that was all wet and he fell over and i feel like i was on the ground watching and i watched him crack his head on the helmet get jump back up and just run around like you know so it's basically wow. long story short you wear your helmets <laughs> right yeah that's an important lesson Learned the hard way, unfortunately. Yeah, sure. um, before we get into slow lane, I have the memory of you dislocating your arm at pipe. I feel like it, or your shoulder, I guess. Um, I feel like it was 2011-ish. Yeah. But there's somewhere in my memory that makes me think that you did it twice. Did it happen <laughs> twice or was it just once? No, it, 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 it happened twice that same uh that was in the pipe contest, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got the wild card for that. And I think I was against Kolohe and yeah, I was against Kolohe and Dino and the waves are pretty big. And um, I basically went out and first two minutes of my first heat, dislocated my shoulder on my first wave, went in, got it popped in and I guess was just running on adrenaline and was like, fire out, how's this opportunity I've got, you know, and I just blew it in the first two minutes and I basically got to pop back in and grab my board and tried to go out again and popped it back out when I got out the back paddling. So it was all okay. over. 
so the yeah. second the second time wasn't a wipeout it was just it from paddling. Wipeout, it was just from okay. paddling and that's uh yeah that's like probably me in my headspace at that time high on adrenaline just yeah you know with an opportunity like that um pop it out and nah that didn't really just happen did it didn't happen got it popped in went back out and yeah you once you pop your shoulder out you gotta gotta hang the board up for a bit i think <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that, that makes so much sense now because i remember in the moment it in my mind it was like seared into my mind that you dislocated it twice in one heat but yeah and I feel like I've mentioned that on the podcast a couple of times whenever we've been talking about pipe events or injuries or something. Yeah. But I was never, never able to verify the information because the internet wasn't really documenting things super thoroughly back then. And I might have Googled it once and it only referenced the first incident. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad to finally get clarity on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel like I was watching the contest i don't know if it was this past one gone there or a year before in a hawaiian maybe he was a wild card too or he he did the same thing he popped his shoulder out and paddled back out and i don't know if he did his on a wave again but i think he repopped it out i feel like it, it was again it you're absolutely right it was carlos muñoz from costa yeah. rica okay yeah yeah and, and he just qualified and that was his very first event on tour as a rookie and that yeah, happened wow. Yeah, he would have been running high on adrenaline too, I think. <laughs> totally. Same exact situation. Um, all right. Very good. Well, hey, Slow Lane, let's kind of have the discussion from the standpoint of uh, listeners who haven't yet seen the film. Yeah. What is the concept of the film? I know you open by talking about you always dreamed about packing up the family and hitting the road for an adventure. What was the dream? Yeah, basically to to switch off to an, to a point and um, get the opportunity to travel around Australia with the family, um, show the kids part of the country, and um, yeah, I just I guess I was in the opportunity with the position I am now in with Need Essentials. So I um yeah, Ryan gave us the the opportunity to do it, and we just yeah made it happen. But the the whole idea was to just it was obviously to make a surf film but um do it a, a different way you know take our time and um we put the idea to ryan basically saying we were always sort of saying how much we want to travel around australia and he's like well why don't you do it and and we might be able to document it so um yeah i guess i guess it, it was mostly you know it was our dream but ryan and need essentials made it happen for us so and the way we we are we're, we're pretty cruisy sort of we grew up in the country and um yeah we just wanted to do it our way and take our time and, and cruise around oz so what was the length of time that you were planning to be gone um roughly a year was the, the idea was to take the year off um wow. yeah because you know as you i don't know if you know but a lot of you know, I got a few friends and that doing it now, young, but um when you got a family and you got life and you're busy, you know, it's a pretty hard thing to do for people to just drop everything and and take off and travel. It's kind of something that retired people do. You see a lot of oldies cruising around retired with the the van and the car. And um, you know, so we always wanted to do it with the kids at their age now, um, because they're gonna get to that teenage age and 
probably not want to sit in a car with mum and dad. At that age. Right. So we were just, you know, it was a perfect time. Um, I think it's a perfect time when your kids are young or I guess once they've left, you know, or when you're old and retired. So to get the opportunity to do it, you know, when you got a young family and, you know, there's life and, and bills and whatever is, is pretty special. So, um, yeah, we're just fortunate to go at that time. Um, the reason that most people, I mean, I think everybody has that fantasy or a lot of people have that fantasy and very few people actually see it through. And it's usually because of those things. They can't leave work for a year. Um, sure. What do you, what do you do? And what does your wife do that allowed you to take that time? So um, I basically, I could give you a quick rundown of my whole, like, I guess I was once a sort of professional big wave surfer or whatever you want to call that thing, <laughs> paid to surf, um, lost my sponsor, um, jumped on the tools, was a um, laborer on a, as a carpenter for three years and then finally got an apprenticeship as a tiler, finished my tiling apprenticeship and right at the end of, you know, I had a year to go finishing my tiling apprenticeship and um, Ryan um, Need Essentials, he, he lives here in the same town. He started giving me wetsuits sort of, um, yeah, I had two years left on my tiling apprenticeship and, and he started um, giving me small budgets to do a trip a year and um, support me a little bit to keep surfing as well as work as a tiler. Um, and then with a year to go, he offered me a design apprenticeship and just basically, you know, just, I, I guess there's a whole bunch of different jobs you can do within Need Essentials or within a company. So I'm just helping out with a bunch of different things like Photoshop and all, you know, just learning the programs. And he basically offered me an apprenticeship or traineeship or through him, you know, learning off him directly. And um, yeah, so I sort of said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that, but I, I really want to finish my tiling apprenticeship in case this, um, you know, I don't enjoy what you've offered me. And um, so I finished out my tiling apprenticeship and sure enough, I love what I'm doing. And and he offered me the, the gig. And um, so here I am doing work with Need Essentials and as well as doing the helping out in design and um, all the rest. He's There's also the surfing side and the, you know, making the films and still being able to, I guess, show my surfing skill to the, yeah, make films and help out in that way too. That's incredible. I didn't know that you had taken that role with Need. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that's what you're doing for Need is exactly what Ryan started doing for Quicksilver back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, I think he, yeah, he actually said he was sponsored by Billabong as a, as a young kid. I think, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, no, but Quicksilver too. Yeah, he he surfs really well, and um, same thing, I get, I guess. And now he's, yeah, he's running a, an, an epic company. Yeah, amazing. Um, I love hearing that, and I love the way that he's operated that business and uh invested in relationships and partnerships like this it's a very untraditional model you know but um makes perfect sense and it's organic for sure um, it's epic because you you think of um so many surfers that you know and I, I i think about myself if i was to continue to be sponsored and um as i was younger and paid to surf and i get to the age i am now like 35 or whatever and bang it stops 
you know, you, you're starting to get older and it's like, well, what am I going to do now with no skills, no nothing, you know? So in hindsight, I, I'm, I'm stoked that I lost my sponsor when I did and, um, <laughs> you know, for, for setting myself up for, for life, you know, like what's after surfing or what's after your profession. And, and this would be in all sports. So, um, yeah, it's worked out really well. Awesome. Um, in the film, you mentioned you would be homeschooling your kids for that year that you're going to be on the road. Yeah. They homeschooled previously or was that a new experience for them? And um, was it a positive experience for them? That's a, yeah, that was a new experience and it was definitely a positive experience. And again, the age that they were at was, was perfect. Um, my boy, our boy Chase, he's five. Isla was, oh, sorry, at the t- when we made the film, he was five and Isla was seven. So um he he had um was hadn't started preschool uh sorry hadn't started kindergarten yet and Isla was one so she'd done kindergarten and our whole thing was it'd be cool for him not to miss kindergarten so it was it was the perfect time to go so he really didn't have to do home schooling but Isla did and um it was quite sort of easy because she's only a new one and it was also again the perfect year with all the the COVID shit so um school was a bit of a shamble anyway you know they were always doing homeschool like doing zoom meetings you know like on zoom now it's sort of just they were always doing it from home and getting pulled out of school because the case COVID COVID would pop up or whatever so it sounded like a bit of a hassle anyway so it was the perfect year and and yeah when we left really got it so wife two kids yourself that's four um what did the film crew consist of uh, the film crew consisted of a good mate, Nathan Henshaw, and his girlfriend, Beck. And, yeah, so um, they were the couple traveling around as well. And they they also, they had their van, and I had my old car and a top-top camper. And, um, yeah, I put it to Nathan and Beck about doing the trip, and Ryan did as well. But I do remember doing previous trips with, with Hanny and him going, I, he'd love to be able to do that as well travel around Oz and and so it was kind of a perfect perfect timing with everything for those guys as well they were in they had jobs and were in situations where they were able to leave their job and um come back to it or whatever so yeah what what did we just sort of chatted and and made it happen and those guys yeah we we basically in separate cars but and definitely did the same route, similar route, but would stay close enough within distance. If the surf was going to get good, we'd, we'd meet up and surf. And um, we, we pretty much did the same route. Like we, we didn't travel too far away from each other, but there'd be weeks here and there where they'd take off and go do their thing and we'd go to our thing. And um, yeah, while, while, while there was no surf. So it was pretty epic to be able to do that and, and meet back up and, and and surf and and he'd film and whatever but yeah like i said we we didn't travel too far away from each other but australia is huge so i guess in in saying that we traveled hundreds of kilometers away from each other in similar areas we just made sure in the yeah you know not too far away in case something popped up but um yeah so but in the end yeah we ended up i think in the end we ended up doing about eight months on the road and it sort of got to summer and um we're on our way home and and a lot of um australia's desert so it's pretty harsh in the summer and um we were going to come back around the victorian coast and up the you know 
throughout summer, but it was holidays about to start and um, we didn't know what was going to happen with all the COVID bullshit. So we basically just punched it home and yeah, ended up doing about eight months on the road. Uh, where did you cover in that eight months geographically? Um, so I live on the east coast of Australia, about halfway up, sort of near, near the Gold Coast, basically. Um, and we went down to south coast, New South Wales, um, which is past Sydney. Then we cut straight across to South Australia, um, then got on the Nullarbor, crossed over to Western Australia in the winter and stayed up the Northwest throughout winter. And then um, basically turned around and come back down to Margaret River and down the bottom sort of checked out Esperance and a little bit of the um, Southwest Coast down there. And then cut back across to South Australia. And then once we were back in South Australia, that was sort of, towards the end of the trip and we just be lined at home from South Australia. Okay. Um, in that eight months, you guys absolutely scored. <laughs> yeah, we, we got some good ways for sure. Um, we, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of waves in Australia. The, the, the thing with some of the spots though is, uh, is the sharky feeling in the, you know, obviously South Australia and even Western, even the outcoast, it's all pretty bloody sharky. <laughs> totally. But, um, yeah. So um, in, yeah, it definitely looked like we scored in the film, but I, we definitely worked for it too. You know, we, um, we, we would, you know, in eight months you, you could get, it depends. The seasons have been a little bit funny with, with the El Nino, La Nina change. So um, it's, it's been a little bit, weird this this year and last year so um it honestly wasn't the most amazing year for waves oh wow okay still got good waves so yeah yeah i mean there's each <laughs> section i mean i feel like people could travel for a year with airplanes and plotting and everything and not put together the film that you guys put together um sure. you're surfing you're surfing by the way is unbelievable i i really haven't seen you surf uh in years i feel like yeah, little moments you know like that cloud breaks um yeah, yeah. stuff was Nothing insane but even that it was just surfing a big wave on a left but this film obviously showcases a lot of surfing and yeah. uh it's the best surfing i've ever seen you do oh thank you thank you yeah <laughs> do, do you feel do you feel like it's the best surfing you're doing um honestly not at all <laughs> really um, yeah um I've actually, I've been having a lot of, lot of fun with my surfing these past few years. Um, you know, once I actually lost, lost my sponsors and was professionally surfing, I actually found I was having more fun surfing than ever, just surfing average waves and whatever. And um, yeah, I, I do. I look at this, this um, film and I, and I, I, I'm being honest. I don't, I don't think it's my best surfing at all. <laughs> wow. And uh I actually started the trip with a rib injury. I um I busted my ribs. Yeah, and and the start of the trip I was surfing injured. Um and but I, I'm not gonna say it's not epic. It's great surfing. Yeah, I, I'm happy with the surfing I've done. And um I guess being, I mean you're your own worst <laughs> you critic. You're always writing yourself off. But um yeah, I I honestly yeah I'm happy with the surfing that's in it for sure. But let me but let I, me ask you this. Do you 
have any hope that the best surfing is ahead of you or do you think that it's behind you already um i honestly think it's still ahead of me yeah i feel fit and um healthy as and my body feels feels amazing apart from my head knock a few weeks ago <laughs> right but that's uh but that's that's um yeah i'm on the mend so it's all good but uh i i think you're always improving and until you get to an age where your body hurts i'm sure i'm sure that's when you slow down and um but yeah i i i still think it's ahead of me and yeah, yeah i feel like the the past few years I, I have been definitely surfing my best um for sure out of you know i, I feel feel like yeah yeah 30s 30s is yeah the, when you will surf your best i'm sure well what will it take you to uh to surf at your best into the future because i feel like if you're surfing small waves there's um your body is going to be what lets you down you know you can you're more nimble essentially when you're younger but the waves that you're surfing i feel like time in the water is actually beneficial and decades in the water is beneficial and so you having all of that experience under your belt a 50 year old body can surf in those waves. If you have the knowledge and you can avoid being, you know, um, avoid the wipeouts and that sort of thing. So where do you, what will it take to surf at your best? Um, I guess like, well, what you're saying there is, yeah, you, you become more in tune with different waves. And I've always been pretty confident. Um, I feel with my surfing, just rocking up to a new wave and, and figuring it out. I've, I've always felt definitely confident in that sense. Um, yeah, just just um, being in tune with the ocean in in unfamiliar areas. It's it's something that has kind of felt pretty natural to me. Is being able to surf, yeah, anything in front of me. But but I definitely think what you're saying is, you know, you keep just stay in the water, keep keep time in the water, and stay healthy and fit. And yeah, I think you can you can surf well into your 50s and still be having an absolute ball and and ripping i mean you look at some of the some of the things people people are doing now in their 50s i guess like look at slater look at that wave peter melcourt look at like you know it's it doesn't i don't know it's it's funny because you know people think it's 20s and you're done and maybe that's how it used to be i don't know but it's i don't know surfing something that you can you can find different um, I don't know, you can start surfing different in your 40s. Maybe you're riding different boards and you're taking different lines. There's there's just no um, no stopping the way you look at a wave, I guess, and how you look on a wave. And um, big waves for me, like, um, I don't know if my best big wave surfing is behind me, but, like, I, I still will surf any big wave that's in front of me or whatever, but I don't really um have a point to prove in that sense you know I, i'm more doing it for myself and that's the way i've kind of always been you know i'm not the most hungry um person in the lineup i just want to go and get the you know my own personal view of a crazy barrel or something you know it's like i'm not doing it for cameras or whatever it's just that my abilities put me in front of a camera i guess so um you know i always want to have that mindset of just doing it for yourself and enjoying it for yourself you know and so if I'm sitting in front of pumping big waves, I'll and I want to surf it, I'll paddle out. But yeah, I, I have no desire to be the best in that sense. So um, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. What I'm saying, <laughs> it does. Yeah, I mean that desire to be the best is a young man's 
drive, I the think. Young, young man's drive, for sure. Um, yeah. But those examples of what Kelly's doing now and what Pete Mel did, Tom Curran put out the best film he's put out in years last year, you yeah. know, and he's got to be yeah. in his 50s. Yes. Um, Mike Hose waves at back door this past yeah, year when sure. he's 65 years old. It's insane. And they're, they're having probably more fun than ever. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's aspirational for sure. Um, the uh, film opens with you shaping a little twin fin. And that's when I had the first thought of, good God, you're surfing as good as ever. Because that yeah. board, to be honest, looked a little bit crude when it was yeah, finished. It was, it was totally. totally crude, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you paddle out on it. And I'm like, all right, well, we're going to have a couple like little novelty, uh, obligatory surfs on this thing. You were absolutely shredding on that thing. <laughs> yeah, cheers. You know, that I guess that's part of my surfing that hasn't hasn't been shown to is um I've always sort of been shown on a shortboard or a gun surfing big waves. But um I grew up one of my my best mates, Bryce Young, and um you watch him surf and he'll he'll jump on every different board. And um I grew up surfing with him basically basically. So around home, you know, the, I'm not always, well, you'll probably see me on a weird board more than a normal board. Like I'll be riding a really? bit of timber with him or a um, little 20 or just something like a Bonza or something weird. I, I, I don't always jump on my shortboard. So I just don't always document those surfs. So um, yeah, I, I'm always riding different bits and pieces and it's just, it's just something that I haven't really put out there, I guess. Are you actually building boards or is that just a one-off no 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 i don't i don't that was just uh oh that, that was just having a crack at making a board and um yeah I, i've made a couple boards but yeah no nah, i'm not building boards at all <laughs> i make a few here and there but yeah i'm not like and that's i guess it's something as as time goes on it'd be fun to keep doing little boards here and there so yeah i always make timber boards i, I make my own layers and stuff but okay. um lies or whatever you want to call them <laughs> but, yeah. yeah so um no i'm just i'm just open to write any writing anything so especially gotcha. around home when the when the waves you know you're so familiar with the waves you've surfed them your whole life and you know jumping on different boards just keeps you in the water i think and of course athleticgreens.com slash surf is our steadfast and true nutritional essential the only time that i've been sick in two years was this past week and it was after i neglected to bring ag1 on the road with me coincidence perhaps but honestly i think that i compromised my immunity in more ways than one let myself down without the ag1 found myself vulnerable and i won't make that mistake again ag1 certainly boosts the immunity but it's also more than that. It packs comprehensive nutrition into one scoop of dark green powder, superfood and nutrients pulverized into a powder that you mix with eight ounces of water. It's simple, it's easy, it's effective, and that's really all I want. It's been a real key component to my health and to my daily brain functioning, key to pumping out all of this content week after week, year after year. So thank you, AG1. Join me join Tim Ferriss. Uh, that's who I originally heard about Athletic Greens from years and years ago. I've gotten Jamie Brissick on this program, uh, Britt Merrick's gotten on board, 
Matt Parker was on this even before I was. So anyways, athleticgreens.com slash surf is our portal. Make sure that you enter there. It supports us, lets them know that you heard about it here. So athleticgreens.com slash surf. Sign up. It'll show up at your doorstep every month. You won't ever have to worry about getting the important stuff in your diet again. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. Enjoy. Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Well, back to the trip and the film, how many boards did you pack for the trip and how do you even plan for that? Oh, yeah, we, we, I squeezed a lot of boards in. <laughs> um, and the plan, like, obviously you can get boards sent 
to you wherever you are. And I could, you know, I've got such an amazing relationship with my shaper, Dylan, Dylan Longbottom. So he, um, he sent me a board or two while I was on the trip, but I, um, I honestly had such a good run with snapping. I snapped one, I snapped two boards on the trip and um, yeah. And I was surfing some pretty heavy waves and I was falling off some pretty decent waves that normally snap boards. But I just had such a good run with, with breaking boards. So um, I basically packed those two big boards that never got pulled out because we just didn't get a proper big swell anywhere. Um, so to have, I had, I had a, two big boards. I think all up we had about 15 boards, which just, yeah, but no fins. So you can pack them into the coffins pretty well. And right. um, and then my, my wife had a board. My kids had, we had, they had one soft top and then their two little boards. So yeah, we had, we had a lot of boards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is, what was the plan for food? Were you hitting like a city every once in a while to stock up on provisions or what was the plan for sure food, food's kind of the easy one water's the the harder one um, okay yeah like um you know so you can you can go a while with food like especially me I, I love my fishing and stuff so we were always um catching a fish here and there and i've got had a little little freezer and in, in the camper van and i had a um, fridge in the back of my car so a, a fridge slash freezer so um food food's kind of the easy one because you can you can get your long lasting milks and whatever you know all, all the rice and grain and and stuff like that and and we're eating a lot of like root vegetables like your potatoes and sweet potatoes and whatnot so um the water ones the to get drinkable water you know you you kind of you run out of water before you run out of food so but pretty much everywhere is, you know, you, you might have to drive two hours to go, you know, might be backtracking two hours to go and hit a little servo or something that has drinkable water or got to refill your car with fuel or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty accessible everywhere you go. Okay. Um, it's just, you, you got to make the effort, you know, it's like, okay, today's the day we got to go and, you know, yeah, wash all our clothes and stock up and do whatever. And you, you just make a day out of it. And maybe a night might be time to go and have a shower and <laughs> get out of the dusty desert. So, um, yeah. yeah, every, every, um, every couple of weeks or, you know, the longest I think we'd sort of hang out would be two, two or three weeks and then, yeah, be ready to stock up for sure. Got it. Yeah. Um, Speaking of fishing, one of the amazing moments that was caught caught during the film was that shark biting your boat. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Un unbelievable that you guys got that on film, but can you tell that story? Uh, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, it's, it's the Norwest is super sharky with, with, you know, bronze whalers and, you know, those four to six foot sharks that, um, can get pretty aggressive in packs so, um, and uh, particularly you know spearfishing I did a lot of spearfishing I'm, I'm pretty into that but um so yeah same thing I'm pretty familiar with with those sort of sharks in a sense but not you know not they're still scary at times that's for sure yeah. so um yeah they get quite aggressive when there's blood in the water sometimes um and yeah basically we went out for a fish and 
the the sharks up there are familiar with the sound of motors they're they're familiar with um the sound of a spear gun going off so as soon as you pull the trigger you can have a shark come in even if you don't spear a fish like wow they, they can come in um at certain spots you know where there's been other spear fishermen or other fishermen in those areas so we're at a zone that's sort of must get fished a little bit it was the first time i'd ever been to that area and we're a good couple of k's out to sea on this bommy and i just caught a mackerel and i had a little inflatable boat obviously that yeah you'll see in the film and inflatable floor everything's inflatable it rolled up and went on the roof of my car so um yeah i i, I just caught a little mackerel and bled it cut its throat over and sat it on the floor of the boat and at the back of the boat there's a drain hole because it's a wet deck it's a little yeah inflatable wet deck with a drain hole at the back so i've bled this fish sat it on the floor of the boat and then tyron's hooked up to a fish you know a minute later or whatever and so he's hooked up and then the sharks have probably smelt the blood from the fish and the commotion of the fish that that i just caught and Tyron's hooked up so Hanny was in the front with his little water camera and he's he just starts filming to get some fishing clips and um <laughs> and then he gets it on film obviously and Tyron's pulling the fish in halfway and the sharks eat it and then all of a sudden they're smelling smelling blood I guess and they've obviously smelt the blood coming out of the drain hole at the back of the where the motor is and yeah they've come darting around the boat and I remember just looking over the back of the boat like I can think you can see in the film, like I'm looking over the back while Tyron's fighting the fish or whatever. And I remember just looking down and just seeing this shark coming at the boat with its mouth open. Like originally it, it hit the boat. First we felt one hit under the boat. Then there's the tail where you can see the little bit of the tail at the back and that hit the boat as well. And But, but that one that you see the tail of at the back, I watched it or I don't know, there was a lot of them. There was like, you don't see it into the film, but there was a full frenzy of them. There was probably wow. five of them. So sharks, I don't really know. But um, anyway, I just remember looking over the back and just seeing seeing a, a bronzy or whatever it was coming up with its mouth open. And that must have been the one that put the marks in the motor. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just a bit of a heat of the moment thing. It was kind of funny at the time. But then looking back at it, it was like, geez, if it popped the boat and we were two k's out to sea and uh we got nothing to swim in on that would have wouldn't have and there's a frenzy of sharks around with a bloody mackerel in the boat it wouldn't have been that that fun i don't think <laughs> no that's what's scary about it is that it is he does he hits the propeller on the motor which is within one foot of the inflatable and the inflatable part looks like it's a lot bigger than the prop itself so sure. he he could have easily have hit the inflatable part definitely and 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 the floor's inflatable too so that was the funny you know and shark skin's rough you know even one of them rubbing against it hard enough could oh could, yeah could pop it i think i don't know <laughs> but, but yeah it's pretty uh pretty intense little moment and yeah it was pretty pretty funny after that footage stopped so just like yeah tyron and he's just like let's go like let's go and I, I was like oh shit i wouldn't mind checking the bottom making sure it's it's all good but i did i didn't even check i just kept the motor going and, and just v-lined it to the beach because it's like if there's any damage at least we're far enough away from the, the sharks and if we conk out then we can swim in without right really anything happens and um yeah but it was pretty pretty wild the, the day before um we actually were spearfishing that zone. Um, and yeah, I, I, I actually 
cleanly missed a big mackerel. Um, and I remember, yeah, taking the shot and just cleanly missing it. And it was the most easiest shot. I just had an absolute shocker. And all of a sudden there was a, you know, a big bronzy right there. Like it was, yeah, heard the trigger sound. And that's what I'm saying about they, they know the sound of the trigger. They know the sound of the motor. But, um, but yeah, that was just one of those little incidents, I guess, that, yeah, just had to happen. <laughs> well, it's commendable how quickly you guys responded and got the motor started <laughs> yeah. and, and bolted out of there. I mean, it was a matter of three seconds, it seemed, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I think I had the, I feel like I had my hand on the motor as it was all happening. Cause it's just okay. like, I don't know. I can't, I'm trying to watch it again and remember, but yeah, there's a bit of a, bit of an episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, your hand may have been on it because I feel like Torin says, let's get out of here or something. Yeah. And the motor is started before I even yeah. realize what the command was, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then you're already bolting. And so, yeah, I think, I think I, cause I was looking over the back, like, I know you don't even notice, but I have a knife in my mouth from cutting oh the, fish's, the fish's throat, like from just, you know, the fish that we just caught. So, and I remember, yeah, I had that, it was a bit going on and like, I was looking over the back and I think, I think when I seen that shark coming up with its mouth open, that's, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just all happened so quick that would <laughs> just got out of there. Yeah. It's a wild moment. Um, I don't think that I've mentioned it, but the film is fantastic. Um, yeah. I mentioned that your surfing's fantastic throughout it. Obviously the concept is, uh, awesome and kind of timeless and i think we can all relate to the concept but and you mentioned that nathan shot the film but we need to mention that ishka folkwell edited um headlands and nick bampton did the music and so these are names that we've become familiar with in recent years because they're involved with um the other need films yeah torin of course working with ishka for all these past few years um and this yeah. film, I think, fits a similar aesthetic to those other films, but it also is a very different film in its own right. Can yes. you explain the experience of working with Ishka or at what point he gets involved? Yeah, well, as you're saying, this this film, you know, and all the need films, they're they're amazing. And it's not 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 because of my surfing. Well, that's part of it and not because of Tyrone surfing. You know, obviously, it's part of it, but to make these films there's obviously a team of people that make it incredible and the main person is ryan the owner of need ryan scannell and he his way of thinking is is amazing and um he, he, the way he's he, he loves making films too and being a part like directing them i guess and um being a part of it so he's he's the number one part of it that makes it really happen and then he create gets all these talented people together and 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 makes it work, you know. So, like I'm saying, my my surfing is one thing, and and but yeah, it's if if it was just my surfing, there wouldn't be an amazing film there. So, Ishka, his editing and skills are unbelievable. Nathan's unbelievable water photography, the epic music, um, Ryan's directing and and working out how to put it together alongside us all sitting there going back and forth to make it work you know it's it takes a team of people and 
it just seems to be the perfect team and um, that's what's creating these amazing films. Yeah, I agree. I think they are amazing. Um, like I said, Ishka's thumbprint is on it. You can tell yeah. that it's similar to those previous films, but I feel like it also gave him an opportunity for growth in his role because he wasn't actually behind the lens. You know, yeah. like he didn't shoot the footage. So it's kind of a yeah. uh, diversion for him in a way that's great for him to stretch. But the music is undeniably epic it's in amazing. every film. Hey, and it's, it, it, it's so good. It's amazing. And yeah, just Ishka and, and because, you know, they've done it before with Tyron's films. And um, like you're saying, Ishka wasn't on this trip, but Ishka and I are really close friends now too, because we've done a few trips together and um, he understands me and, and I sort of understand him, but obviously don't understand his skills and how good he is at what he's doing. Like I'll be watching an edit and then like, this is, you know, the early stages. And then I'll be thinking all these things and then bang, the new one will come back. And I was like, wow, you, I, I was, wasn't thinking of that. Like, and it just comes back better than you expect, you know? So um, he's super talented at what he does and it's yeah it's it's amazing to w work with those guys and be a part of this whole thing and and watch how everyone works and um you know enjoys their that their, their skill that they've got you know it's like me i enjoy my surfing skill obviously ishka enjoys his filmmaking skill ryan enjoys his skill at you know everyone loves what they're doing so yeah obviously the music and um you know it's 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 cool when you find how to put that all together and um ryan has he's done that he's he's found a way to make incredible films he's found a way to make incredible films at a time where i didn't so, know the audience was willing to sit through hour-long full feature surf films anymore you know what i mean like if he would have presented these ideas to me two or three years ago i would have been like no Nobody wants that. Cut it into a bunch of small segments, give it to him in three minutes and do, but he's proven me entirely wrong that people actually do have an attention span. If the cinema, if the filmmaking is cinematic enough to warrant them sitting down and watching it, you know, definitely. And, and that's, he's, yeah, he's, he's found a way to do that. That's for sure. And I think part of the films is part of the, uh, you know, what is the story and the, the you know the, the shots that they're getting are unbelievable you know you yeah. can put in beautiful shots of beautiful music and and you know you, you almost don't even need surfing <laughs> well the way the way that the sydney section was cut with yeah. the juxtaposition of the wave riding versus the cityscape yeah like little details like that are um they're storytelling in their own right without any Definitely. dialogue yeah you, you don't need a name where you are you can kind of just understand that you know it's with shots you know you can tell okay well you're in the middle of the city surfing or you're taken off into some isolated beautiful scenery or you know where it's all beautiful trees and waves or then all of a sudden you're in the desert or you know and there's beautiful beautiful things to be filmed in all those places so yeah it's 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 been made really well i wanted to dive a little bit deeper into your relationship with need and how it contrasts with your former relationship with former sponsors from the pro surf years. Um, and like, yeah, you, you, you 
yes, a lot of pressure to perform. And I think my best surfing doesn't like pressure. I, I, oh, okay. I don't like being under pressure. I just like enjoying myself. And I've never been a full goal person. And I remember back then it's like goals, like goals, goals, goals. And, you know, it's like, you know, I, I just want to surf for fun and enjoy myself and um, do it naturally. And I guess back then it's, yeah, you kind of got to, get to a level and keep performing and whatever and again there's probably it's such you know there's such big companies that there's so many surfers and so many talented surfers and they you know all of a sudden someone comes into that company and then they get you know dropped or whatever or get an offer from a bigger company and they basically don't have a relationship or don't you don't see the best in those people you know like what they're got you know it's hard for me to say this um you know there's so many amazing surfers out there and you might not get to see their whole um skill because or their whole personality or their direction that they want because you know they're almost disposable in a sense where with with ryan and need and um our relationship started as a friendship him he he lives where i live now and um and I just met him in the surf years ago and it started as a friendship. And then I didn't even know he was a wetsuit. Didn't even, you know, he made wetsuits and I was sponsorless at the time. He's like, oh, do you need yeah. a wetsuit or whatever? And it started like that. It started as a friendship and the way his mind thinks, because he's been there and seen all what goes on in the mainstream um, industry, he didn't enjoy it himself. You know, he obviously liked it and, and you know he loved what he was doing but he did, didn't enjoy the way he had to do it so you know that's probably part of why he created his own thing and um i guess there's yeah long story short i've got absolutely no pressure now and um it's more just enjoying life and and you know being a part of an amazing yeah. company and you know testing out the the new products and and giving input and surfing as much as i can and and yeah and just enjoying it the corporate model that we're talking about i think it made sense for a while and the idea that they have to put um structure in place for you the athlete and give you incentives to work towards it makes perfect sense that if you have a bunch of athletes then you need to create a structure for yourself just to organize you can't have individual relationships with all the athletes but and a lot of people benefited from that for a long time but it also homogenizes the way that everything comes out the other end if everybody is set with the same goals then like you said they aren't necessarily free to be individuals or to work outside of those goals and we witnessed a homogeneity in surfing where everybody was riding pointy thrusters Everybody's kind of surfing to a criteria that looked very similar. And it's been nice to come out of that and to see people riding all variety of surfboards to make a living off all different variety of media types. A lot of them without sponsors, just working through Instagram or whatever, YouTube channels, you know, and I think that surfing has become much more reflective of the way that it exists in the real world. Because when I was growing up in the magazines, it was just pointy thrusters, everybody doing the same thing, you know? For, for sure. And and yeah, I, was, I guess I was a part of that generation, sort of maybe the back end of that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and 
yeah that's that's the coolest thing about surfing now is just you know well i guess there's so many talented surfers out there that's that's the thing there's so many people that that absolutely rip and you don't don't get to sort of show their whole thing because they're in a company that's full of a bunch of other amazing surfers and they might not be just seen or might not click with the manager as well as that <laughs> i don't know how it all right. works it feels like that and um, well it turns out it doesn't work anymore yeah, it doesn't work no it doesn't yeah. it's it's just the whole i don't know it's it's a it's a weird uh weird sort of thing and and i guess that's part of my whole um i don't think i was ever fit to be part of the surf industry i'm, I'm pretty pretty quiet sort of person and like to sort of not be center of attention and sort of hide in the back corner to tell you the truth and just be, a, you know, I love having a good time and whatever, but I'm not, um, I'm not super promoty or anything. And um, a big part of that was, you know, part of what my job was, you know, I was getting exposure. I had to get, you know, shots. I have to perform. I have to, you know, get myself out there. The more people that, you know, are attracted to you, I guess, the more you'll, continue to be sponsored or the more more whatever they're going to sell so that's the best thing about ryan is like and need essentials is you know there's no none of that pressure it's you know it's he can see that he's always in love like like my surfing and can see the ability i've got and he's just you know letting my ability do the talking and and the other thing is you know showing me for who i really am you know and and exposing that so that's part of this film it shows part of who i really am and who, who my family you know they're part of it too so um that's i guess that's that's part of this whole thing you know when i started work with need that was the year we jumped on the road and traveled you know i got i the start of that year i um was um learning off a few different people just learning some programs and stuff and it gave me enough like I had enough knowledge on the programs to take it on the road. So on the road while we're traveling, I, I took my computer and was doing a bit of work as well and, and just doing a bit of learning. So when the surfing stuff was average or the weather was terrible and I'd, we'd, we'd sit in the, in the van and um, I'd do a bit of work and the kids, that's when they do their homeschooling. And um, yeah, so as I get older, I, I think I'm going to slowly transition into that, into that position, helping out within the company and um as well as hopefully make a few more films in the future. So, yeah. Uh, we talked about the potential of your best surfing being ahead of you still. What do you do in terms of diet and, and exercise outside of surfing? I, I, I've gone through all different stages of training and exercising in, in life. Like, especially when I was chasing some bigger waves, I was pretty into, you know, my holding my breath stuff and whatnot, but um I, I don't know I, i'm one of those people that when you're feeling good don't go pushing it sort of thing um my body like i said feels feels really good so i'm not pushing it in any sense and i think just having a, a good diet's really the key is just eating healthy and staying active is is pretty much my that's my training <laughs> so what is what do you um prohibit from your diet um not too much. I don't really prohibit anything. I just don't um, really indulge in anything. You know, it's like if something's bad and you know it's bad for you, you don't 
smash it you know you um <laughs> yeah i'm i'm not a i'm i'm one of those everything in moderation i'm one of those people um whether it's good or bad <laughs> everything in moderation the main one i was gonna so, say what about alcohol intake do you avoid yeah no i don't avoid alcohol no i i, I drink beers and i um yeah but we definitely we definitely eat healthy. Like I know that we've got a really good diet. Um, we, we, Bron and I love sort of cooking and um, we're always, you know, we're, we're always making healthy, healthy food. We eat a lot of fish and um, don't eat a lot of red meat. Just, and I'm, again, I'm not against red meat. I'll, I'll eat red meat, but it's just, it's just the way our diet is and what's cheaper to, to live off, you know? So we, we eat lots of fish and, um we actually eat a fair bit of vegetarian too so um but i'm definitely not a vegetarian or a vegan or anything but we just it's just what we enjoy so um again i'm not i'm not against bad stuff and whatever it's just it's just moderation i think is is one i'm i feel like i run best when i'm um yeah i think it's all in your mind you know you run best when you're happy yeah. And you need, I mean, for the activity that you're doing, you need fuel for your body as well. For and sure. I think that you, you can feel what fuels you, you know? I think, I think too, because I've been doing it for so long, your body becomes, um, I don't know, accustomed to immune to it. I don't, it's just like, I've surfed my whole life. So since I was 10 years old, so, um, or younger, but, you know, getting right into it from 10 on, you know, so yeah, I think, it's to be like any sport you know your body just becomes whatever <laughs> it just can yeah handle. <laughs> well the fact that you're um preparing a lot of your own food is key too i think a lot of people yeah. are eating out or eating you know yeah. fast food or whatever and so yeah. the even if it isn't um necessarily like sugar or whatever it's yeah. processed and so sure. their version of meat is different than the version of meat that you're eating. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. We, we, we barely like, well, realistically, we can't afford to eat out. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's expensive. It's, it's, you know, when, when you buy and cook at home and, you know, you, you save so much money. So we actually barely eat out and that might be a huge positive is the fact that we don't do that. Um, we, we do our weekly shop and, and cook meals every every night like we're, we're in a good position we're sort of five or ten minutes from town so i i try to try and avoid going in town because it's getting a little busy <laughs> yeah I sure feel going there but um yeah so where we live is a perfect spot too which is pretty lucky so yeah um you talked to at the very beginning about the goal and the mission for this trip do you feel like that goal was achieved and um, what was the experience like for the kids? Did they, what benefit did you see for them? I've seen a huge benefit in the kids um, from a outside of school point, you know, like what, what the kids were learning at school would have been totally different to what the kids were learning on the road. Um, I think it's amazing for kids, especially when they're young to see that, um, you know, like the, the main one that I really picked up on is now the kids can look at a map and 
they can understand Australia at, at five years old, you know, they're, they're six and eight now, but yeah, last year, five and seven, they go, where are we now? Where are we now, mom? Where are we now, dad? And like, you show them on a map. And then when they get home, they're like looking at the map of Australia. And then, so their, their geography skills probably, you know, went up huge, hugely and um, social skills, everything, you know, I, I got a lot of friends around Australia. So um, from, from, being a surfing uh, traveling surfer so just meeting new people and and catching up with new people and then some people got they got families now too so the kids got to mingle with new people and even though that's natural for kids they're pretty good at yeah you know hanging out and and like yeah just mingling but i just think the whole experience of being outside and and seeing the world and different towns and just opening their minds to travel is at that age is pretty special and we're pretty fortunate to do that. So I guess that's a huge benefit. It's an incredible gift that you're able to give them. And the film itself now becomes a gift. I mean, to think that they can look yeah. back on this when they're adults and their kids can look back on it is crazy. I, I trip, trip on that too. when I think about it, um, get to watch that film when, when Bron and I are old and yeah, the yeah. kids are it's just it'll be pretty funny <laughs> we like, we all have home movies and photos of our youth but nobody yeah, has something gotta, that this that's this amazing you know we got a professionally made home movie <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty classic um, are there any plans for you personally or even maybe to bring the kids on international surf travel anytime soon i would i would love to be able to take take the kids overseas um They've still never been on an airplane, so they're 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 always like, you know, when we, when we say we might have to go somewhere, they're like, "Are we flying? Are we going on a plane?" <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. Because, you know, we haven't really. I think after last year, the travel too. You know, we're we're pretty content being at home this year and and cruising. So, um, yeah, in the in the coming future, it, it'd be pretty cool to be able to go overseas with them and. I think that's something that I'd probably like to do with with a film down the track is spend a spend a season in somewhere unfamiliar, somewhere that I haven't been before, um, and and it'd be epic. You know, it's it's hard to um, go away for me. Like I get over two weeks away, and I I miss the family. So yeah, it's pretty. Um, you know, yeah, I can't. I, I struggle if I have to go anywhere longer than two weeks, and so to do. A, another proper film would probably be you know in another country would be would be to hopefully take the family somewhere and, and post up and we there has been talk of that me and ryan have talked of things that maybe down the track we could do something like that and um yeah i'd love to spend spend time somewhere in you know in our summer our summer there's everywhere you know as northern hemisphere starts lighting up so there are plenty of spots to go where would you want to take the family where would you want them to experience um i think you know whether it be back to hawaii or somewhere would be epic but i'd also like to go um up to like europe area i haven't done i haven't traveled to europe myself i've never even um i mean i've i've been to morocco and iceland and that's it i haven't really explored anywhere else so that'd be probably a cool one to just go and post up up that way some some stage in the coming years but yeah, I'd, I'd definitely. It'd like be, that. it'd be an excellent location to do a similar style of trip to what you did here, 
because there's so there's so much accommodation for trailers and rvs and stuff through all that western europe is there yeah yeah see i wouldn't i wouldn't have a clue (laughs) and there's great there's great surf and it you know it's very different than the films that torn and ishka have made because they've done road trips but they're different locations so it'd be incredible yeah no you see some of the waves that they get and it looks a looks a little bit like australia some of the, the places you know like some of their reef breaks and and yeah, their slab setups, they look, look kind of similar. Yeah, totally. Um, final question. I'm curious, were there any kind of lessons learned from that trip on the road that you've, uh, that have made you adjust your life now that you're back at home? Yeah, the, I mean, the the biggest lesson is probably the hardest lesson. And that's, um, you know, the hardest thing to do, sorry, is, is, is slow down, you know, um, yeah, like like I said, we're pretty cruisy people and live a cruisy life, and you know don't don't need a lot to be happy. So we're already living that, but to 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 fully do it, it's it's pretty you know it's it's a hard world to live in and and do that. You know, we're all we all got to pay the bills. So um, my my biggest biggest um, lesson, but. I guess, and coming home from the trip is, is to, yeah, slow down and, and enjoy every moment, you know, being able to um, do that and take so much time off and sit there, you know, and, and take time, you know, not a lot of people get to get to do that this day and age, you know, so many people, a lot of, a lot of my friends, you know, they're, they're so busy. You don't even get to see them anymore. And um, the world's just moving so fast. So, I guess my biggest lesson is one I've already been trying to live and that's just slow down. <laughs> that's but, fantastic. Yeah, happen. <laughs> it's fantastic. And um, that concept was so perfectly captured in the film and the title itself, obviously slow lane. Yeah. And there's a couple of shots in the film of you driving in the slow lane and yeah. being passed by truckers and everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's well done. No, thank you. Yeah, it's epic, and and yeah, like, like I said earlier, it's it's well done to a full team, not not just myself. I'm I'm just doing the surfing and the the documenting, and yeah, it's it's a huge huge well done to everyone who's involved in the film. Yeah, it's a gift. It's a gift for the surf world. So I'm no, into it. Yeah, epic. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, right on. Well, this has been awesome. I appreciate you um, taking the time and especially kind of in recovery mode from the injury. So it's great to have you. No, epic. Hopefully I didn't say anything to, uh, I I know I got a bit stuck there a few times, but we'll just blame that on the head injury. (laughs) Not not at all. It all made perfect sense. (laughs) Cheers. Cool, man. Well, have a good day and uh, thanks again for doing this. All right. No worries. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Later, Lord. Cheers. See ya. Bye. Of course, everything that Lori and I discussed is available on surfsplendorpodcast.com. We have Slow Lane embedded on the website, so um, you can watch it there. We also have still images from the film that are incredible, uh, somehow capture what film, moving film, sometimes can't. And uh, of course, links to Lori's Instagram, all of that jazz on surfsplendorpodcast.com. 
We also have that Panda Shiitake that we're giving away. So do not miss that. You have only about one week left. So go to our website, click support. It is $5 a month. It keeps us going and invests in the future expansion of this work. And um, you'll also be entered into these surfboard giveaways automatically. So thank you for that. Scott Bass and I recapped the Tahiti Pro on Monday over on Spit. So go get that. Chas Smith and I will be getting together tomorrow, Thursday, over on The Grit. So look forward to that. And then I will be back here one week from today on Surf Splendor, as always, for your weekly dose. So until then, this is David Scales saying thanks to Lori Towner. And uh, thank you to you for supporting our work. I'll see you next week, but until then, get back into the ocean, share some waves, and of course, shred on. And don't forget to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash surf. That's linkedin.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.